0: Welcome to the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast Coming to you from DraftKings Studios With your hosts, Kyle Morganoni and Matthew Betts
1: Hello, great folks out there once again, another edition of the Fantasy Footballers DFS Podcast, week seven. We're going to break down the main slate. Betsy, how's it going?
0: I'm not going to lie, man. I feel a little a little tired, like just run down by having to write up that Thursday Night Football preview show, <laughs> or preview article, I mean, in the DFS past. Like, I just was scraping the bottom of the barrel to say anything positive about Dearnest freaking Johnson and... These backup, like, <laughs> people don't even know who the wide receivers are on Cleveland. It's just, it's a mess. But I'm here. I'm ready for the main slate. I'm ready to talk about actual good players. Um, and I'm really excited about this slate. I think there's a lot of interesting GPP angles. And, uh, and you know, we're going to be talking about my Eagles on the show, which is always a good thing. Except for when I think that they're going to get smashed, which I think they will this week. So, I'm excited, man. How are you doing?
1: You know, I actually need to be honest. I'm a little tired, too. So, I've been, I've been rolling in the dad life this week. I don't know if you parents out there, but I've had digital learning. We've had a half day for uh, my son. So I basically had to play teacher because my wife's a teacher. She's fully at school. So it's been a hectic week trying to get everything together. And then, yeah, today, just some of the things on the slate, some of the things we're doing for the show. And yeah, I don't know if it's punishment that you had to write up that article, but it's certainly not a joy to talk about the Browns and the Broncos where we're at now. But hey, this is DFS. It's fun. Like this, this is football. And I want to make sure that when we talk about the slate, uh, we talk about it in a way that's different, that you guys actually get to look at how you construct lineups because we're seven weeks in. Do you feel like that kind of sets in for the people like, uh, I've either done really bad or I give up or uh, maybe it's just not for me?
0: Yeah, I think so. And we talked about that in the summer a little bit, how, you know, you can have either end of the spectrum where you're just like red hot to start the year and then you know regression probably is going to hit just because there's losing weeks in DFS and that's how it works or vice versa me personally I got smashed the first two weeks with so did terrible in DFS and now I'm kind of having a nice swing back to having success over the last couple of weeks so whether you're started off red hot you know don't get overconfident stay the stay the course and if you've had a little bit of a struggle earlier on in the season better days are ahead especially if you feel like your process is sound and if you're listening to the show um and plugged in on the DFS pass and hopefully that is the case for you. So, better days should be ahead if it's been a rough first month or two for you.
1: Let's jump in with a quick question. I need to start setting a counter of how many questions we get on this. So, not trying to be negative about it, but you and I get a lot of the same question. We mentioned it over the summer, we wrote articles about this, and we usually get it once or twice a week. And it is Do you guys play one lineup across all cash contests? Do you enter one GPP lineup across all the contests? So let's be really, really clear here. I'll let you do it. And then I don't know, I might need to get this tattooed on my forehead, pinned in my profile, sent out to all the people, I guess some mail or something. (laughs)
0: Yes, (laughs) whatever form of communication you want to use, Kyle, it'll be effective. But here is the take home. We play one lineup in our cash formats, which is head to heads, 50-50s and double-ups. One lineup, you're trying to reduce variance. I'm not trying to get different in these fields. This is the quote-unquote best plays that we think are the optimal plays on the slate. One lineup, set it and forget it. In terms of GPPs, if you're playing one lineup across all your formats, you are doing yourself a disservice because the reality is you want to basically have more darts to throw to try to hit the bullseye. Essentially, we're trying to sh- to shoot for upside. And so, you know, if you're playing in a, a multi-entry contest, if there's 20 entry max and you're entering just one lineup and it's the same as your cash lineup, you're basically wasting your money and you're, you're letting it on fire. You need to be able to kind of get different, use roster percentages. And I play multiple lineups across different, you know, uh, contests. Like in the small field tournaments that I play, which are like, you know, around 500-ish people, I'm not playing the same lineup in each one because I want to take multiple shots to hit that, you know, Hail Mary, basically. So you should play a couple of different lineups. If you're a a multi max entry type of player, sometimes Kyle does this. He does the one fifties. He's clearly not playing the same lineup. Obviously, that would be very, very silly. So yes, play multiple lineups and GPPs play one in cash. And I think that is probably the best advice we can give you guys in terms of that question.
1: You know, some people kind of frown at the idea of one lineup for cash, but there's, there's something about having a process and rolling with it. And yes, like there's weeks that are going to be down. There's other weeks where you just get to smash it. There's so many variations. Like when I get sent lineups, I know this sounds a bit negative, but it's like, is this a good play or this a good play? It's like, well, I don't know. They're both fine. You can't really argue against, you know, should I play Daryl Henderson or should I play DeAndre Swift? It's like, sure, they're both good. But at the end of the day, you can pick one. If you want to make a bunch of cash lineups, do it you will start to get a headache because you will do them across a bunch of different formats and you won't be able to really track how you're doing. So you can actually sort on DraftKings by lineups and I get to see, okay, my cash lineup is doing this this week. And then for, yeah, GPPs, if you're playing something like the play action, which has a 20 max, it's only $3 entry. I think that's a good bar. You want to basically say, if I'm rolling with Kansas city stacks, I'm going to roll, you know, five of them with Kelsey And Hill, and then bring it back with Henry and five with, you know, Kelsey and Hardman, and you know, you 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 need to get all the different variations if you want to do Kansas City stacks. And so that's what's fun about GPPs. You're not just relying on are you hitting the nuts. You're giving yourself exposure to a bunch of different ones. So, yeah, we subscribe to one cash lineup because we think you can walk away. And when I do my cash review article, you see, okay, that's his cash lineup for the week. That's the one that, that you kind of get to roll with. And I think that actually helps people long term uh be better players. If you want to get in on the DFS pass, you and I just it's live right now. Our FanDuel, our DraftKings picks, your awesome Thursday night article that I just man, it was a it was a, a joy to edit that thing and to learn more about Dernus Johnson and Demetrick Felton and the rest of the boys. Uh <laughs> if, you, oh my if you get to write a We get to write up a lot of different stuff for DFS, Pace of Play articles, uh, some of our best plays. That's that Saturday article that comes out. So if you want to be a part of that, go to dfspass.com. Once again, use the promo code DFSpod, and we would love to be able to give you more and more content. Once again, that goes through the entire season, through the playoffs. You can pay for it one time, and we say it pays for it in one week. But let's talk about our favorite cash game plays this week. Uh Straight cash, homie. You're going to have to give me the straight cash this week, Bets At quarterback, who do you like, and are you paying up?
0: Yes, if you are paying up, which I'm not sure if I'm going to yet, Patrick Mahomes just feels incredibly safe. Now, he is expensive on DraftKings. On their site, he is 8400 He's much more affordable on FanDuel at 8800 I think I'm definitely going to play him on FanDuel in cash because of that little bit of a value in terms of the price. Relative to DraftKings, but either way, you want to you know, slice it. He's an awesome play this week. We know his splits are better when he's on the road. He's taking on this quote-unquote Tennessee secondary, which is not much, uh, with Janoris Jenkins leading the ragtag group back there. They lost a couple of corners. Unfortunately, I really feel bad for Caleb Farley um, towards ACL. He has another ACL in his injury history, so it's a bummer. But their first-round corner is out. They lost another one previously in Christian Fulton. So you're going to have backup corners trying to cover Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey. Yes, please. Pat Mahomes feels like so safe for 300 yards uh, this week. And then as well, if you want to go down a little bit right now on DraftKings, I actually have Jalen Hurts in my cash lineup. He has 6.9K on DraftKings. Do not watch the game. It is going to be rough. You're going to you wonder why you played this guy. But, you know, three hours later, you look at your phone. You're like, wow, 25 DraftKings points. Sweet. Nice job, Jalen. Um, he has 21 plus DraftKings points in every single week this year. But like I said, it, it's kind of rough in terms of real-life football. But in fantasy, because he's running the ball and finding the end zone with his legs, it's going to work out. So right now, I prefer Jalen Hurts. But what are your thoughts there on uh, on quarterback?
1: So Mahomes and Lamar easily the top plays on the slate in terms of just looking at it, points per dollar. Uh, so Lamar is kind of where I lean right now at 7.4. Last week was kind of a fluke the way it turned out. But I really like Aaron Rodgers this week. I, I don't know if I convinced you. I mentioned it to you earlier in the week. We know he doesn't give up much on the ground, even though, dude, he ran one in last last week at Rodgers at seven point five feels like one of the safest. I know he's going to get me 20 points. The matchup against Washington is good. Do you feel like Aaron Rodgers is kind of maybe somebody overlooked because we kind of know what he is?
0: Yeah, and especially with those guys all priced kind of around him, right? Jalen Hurts, I just talked about Lamar is only $100 cheaper. People are going to want to play Lamar. For obvious reasons, Pat Mahomes is going to be popular this week, so I definitely could see, you know, Aaron Rodgers just kind of getting lost in the shuffle a little bit. I love him in GPPs, you know, the the stack with Devante or or one of those guys that we'll talk about later. So yes, the matchup is beautiful. Washington is getting destroyed by opposing quarterbacks. If you want to play him in cash, I think it's totally fine. I just think he's going to be a less popular cash play. I prefer him more in tournaments.
1: No, I think that's the right call, and we'll talk about that game from a stacking perspective. But right now, in our roster percentage report. I mean, I have Rodgers under 4% and Mahomes is sitting there at like 15, 16%. So if I can get somebody with, you know, similar upside, you know, he could totally go off for three touchdowns. Then uh, I love Rodgers in that spot. I'll throw out Matthew Stafford. He's been nothing but great. 7.1 revenge spot against the Lions. So, I mean, Matthew Stafford, you just believe in the offense, believe in Sean McVay and, uh, and what they're doing. And then just for FanDuel, Need to mention Patrick Mahomes because 8.8 is a steal for what he can do. So Mahomes at 8.8 on FanDuel is kind of who I prefer. You could also play Lamar. He's also kind of a steal. But running back this week, the big conversation we mentioned on Tuesday is Derrick Henry. Have you changed at all since our conversation earlier in the week about how to approach him?
0: Yeah, this is really surprising. So, you know, when we talk on Tuesdays, Kyle and I don't really know how the slate is going to shake out in terms of popularity. We kind of have an idea of like, oh, this guy's a good price and this matchup's great, so he'll probably be popular. But around the industry, we are seeing Derrick Henry with a projected roster percentage in the single digits. If that holds, I'm just not going to play him in cash and I'm going to fire away in GPPs. I don't believe that that's going to actually hold. I mean, Derrick Henry, what he's done has just been amazing. On pace for like every rushing record and finding the end zone every week. And Kansas City's run defense is among the worst in football, 31st in rush defense DVOA. So, I mean, he's obviously a fine cash play right now. I prefer to spend up actually on some of the wide receivers. We'll talk about Devonta Adams in a second. But, you know, if he's going to stay at single digits, like you just blindly play him in GBPs, in my opinion, in one of the best game environments on the entire slate with the highest over under.
1: That's the question is, do you want to play Henry? Do you want to play Adams? And yeah, like you mentioned, Chiefs are allowing the highest expected points per rush attempt. So if you know somebody's going to get 30 rush attempts like Derrick Henry, you'd be a fool not to consider him. And, you know, our usual stance is when he's popular, we fade him in GPPs, play him in cash. But if he's not, then we're all about it, you know, and firing him up in tournaments. And easily it's the best game on the slate. So yes, Right now, there's not as much value opening up at the running back position like there was last week. You know where we got news about Khalil Herbert and and uh, Kareem Hunt. So that's kind of what we're waiting on is is there a player, an injury that kind of unlocks some of that. So right now, my stance is to play Henry and GPPs like you mentioned, and I'll spend up elsewhere. But nine point two is not that expensive for what he's done on DraftKings. Like he could totally do that in that game environment. Daryl Henderson at six point six is just just safe. Like that just feels so safe at that price. I mentioned earlier in the week, I love six K running backs. I don't know why it just feels good to put that in your lineup and know I can trust this person with their workload and their team total is like 33 right now. I think they're 32.75 is their team implied total. I love that for Dara Henderson. Uh, And then in that same game, Deandre Swift at six K. So those are two running backs. I really like, what do you think about Chuba? Because he's he's a points per dollar guy. I feel like when I click the name, I'm kind of like, I don't know if I, how I feel about this guy. He's a backup running back, but he's getting all the opportunity.
0: Yeah, for sure. And that's really the the play here is that he's getting a ton of opportunity. And I was kind of hesitant. Like, you know, when Christian McCaffrey went down, I was like, I don't know about Chuba. Are they are really gonna give him that workload over the last two weeks. Thirty and nineteen opportunities in those two games, and now Matt Ja Rule. Is coming out and saying we need to redefine our offense we got to run the ball way more how can you run it more like he's already getting a ton of volume and let's be honest Sam Darnold has been the Sam Darnold of old in the last couple of weeks turning the ball over left and right so maybe they want to play a little more safe and put the ball in Chuba's belly and just let him try to go to work if he's gonna see 20 to 25 opportunities at 6.1k I think he's in play maybe not my preferred cash game running back like i would much rather play daryl henderson 10 out of 10 times but he's definitely in the conversation for sure and if you don't want to play him in cash you feel a little more uncomfortable with it i think he's a fine gpp play this week as well
1: today we got news that antonio gibson is back at practice now there's still a lot more to come out and i know you'll detail that in the injury blitz but jd mckissick if you knew that gibson was going to play is mckissick off your board
0: um in in cash you mean yeah yeah, I'm not going to play him in cash if, if Gibson's active, but I think he's fine in tournaments. I played him last week in tournaments as a stacking partner, bringing him back with you know Pat Mahomes, and I think I played uh, Tyreek in that lineup and then brought it back with McKissick because that's really where his value comes from, right? And Washington being underdogs in this one, you love Aaron Rodgers. If you think Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams smash this week, yeah, bring it back with Jaden McKissick because on DraftKings' full, full PPR scoring, that works out really well for a skill set. So not in cash for me, but fine as a tournament play.
1: I was a little bummed when I got that news. I mean, I want Gibson to come back, but I, I was liking how McKissick was looking in the lineup at 5K uh, earlier in my lineup construction. But for FanDuel, I'll give a couple of names. Jarrell Williams at 6.7, saw a ton of opportunity this past week. And he's running way more routes than Jerry McKinnon, way more than we thought. And then James Connor. I get it. I get the name, but they're heavy favorites against the Texans. Arizona is running the ball at the fourth highest rate in the league, and he has eight carries inside the five. That's tied with Derrick Henry for third most in the league. So James Conner, don't forget about them. If he gets in the end zone twice, uh, I think he can pay off of that salary at six point five on FanDuel. So a wide receiver this week, I think this is the conversation. I'm seeing a lot more wide receivers elevated in roster percentages. This is a week where, if you're not playing Derrick Henry, there's not a ton of other expensive running backs on the slate. So. I feel like I want to jam in maybe two elite wide receivers this week. So how are you thinking in terms of wide receivers in cash?
0: Yeah, I don't think you can really go wrong at the top of the board this week on DraftKings. I mean, the names that we're going to talk about here, pick your favorite. Devontae Adams, 8.9K against the football team. Their secondary has just been so atrocious. And I know the guys talked about it on the Thursday show on the main show that like Devontae Adams is underperforming relative to his usage, which is even crazy to think about. So at 8.9 K, he is a steal. In my opinion, he's a lock on FanDuel. He's 9,000 over there, basically the same price. So yes, please on FanDuel. And then Cooper Cup, he's 8.4 K and he's taking on the Lions, you know, backup corners. So. For me, it's a coin flip between those two, and then I'll throw out a third name. It's Tyree Kill in just the, the best game environment on the slate by far against those uh, not great corners uh, of Tennessee. Now, we need to talk about the injury status, of course. As of Thursday, when we're recording this, he did not practice on Thursday. So if you're going to make make me pick one today on a Thursday... I'm a little more worried about Tyreek Hill just because of that practice status. So I guess he's probably the one out for me. But if we get news over the weekend he's 100%, you could say it could be either Devontae or Tyreek or Cooper Cup, and I wouldn't fault anyone for picking their guy.
1: The weird thing, as I'm staring at our roster percentage numbers, which go live on Friday, is that there's like seven, eight receivers that are over 20% in our initial projections. Like that, We've never had a week like that before you know, it's been like, okay, Amari Cooper and, you know, two or three other guys are real cheap guys, like over 20% or Cooper cup this week. I'm seeing players like Calvin Ridley, who we really like at his price tag, 6.6, my favorite punt play. And I I think he's your favorite Rashad Bateman 3.4. He's way, he's way up there. Uh, Adams is always up there, but then there's some other guys that are really interesting. Sterling Shepard. We played in cash this past week, just a lot of guys in that range. T Higgins is only 4.9. So a lot of guys that I think are going to be popular in GPPs and in cash, the way that you spend up to someone like Devonte Adams is you need somebody to punt with. So we're either punting with tight end or wide receiver usually. And Bateman seems to be the favorite option this week, but there's some other guys that, that I don't mind like uh, Hunter Renfro is only 4.8 uh, Higgins. I mentioned 4.9. So that's how you construct your roster. AJ Brown. Do we know anything about his status or is it still like, it's all about uh, Chipotle. That's what we found out. It was Chipotle that he ate.
0: Yes, we were concerned it was Arby's. Uh, turns out it's Chipotle, which I love Chipotle. Never had a bad experience my, personally, but I'll be on the lookout now. Um, yeah, he's going to be fine. You know, They're going to manage his reps coming off of the hamstring issue from about uh, three or four weeks ago and essentially just have him kind of be, you know, I imagine throughout the year, like DMP Wednesday, limited Thursday, limited Friday, that kind of thing. So just make sure he's going to be fine. But right now, it looks like he will be. And, you know, through one half of Monday Night Football, he was putting up a goose egg. And then in the second half, came out and smashed. So I like the call. I think he's going to be a great play this week. My only concern is, does he get extremely popular if, you know, that game environment is the one that everyone wants to play? 6.3K is a great tag for, for AJ Brown's talent.
1: Right now, I have Chris Godwin in my cash game lineup. That's subject to change. But if we get news, like right now... AB and Gronk aren't practicing on Thursday. That's going to be someone that's going to be elevated in roster percentage as well. But y- you love the spot against the, the Bears. The price is way too cheap. Chris Godwin sub 6K sounds silly. So, uh, like that. Anybody else you want to mention at wide receiver?
0: Those are definitely the big names. Um, I guess we'll just throw out real quick on FanDuel like Devontae, I said, is 9K and then Cooper Cup at 8.8K. Relative to the, you know, point-per-dollar projections on DraftKings and FanDuel. Those guys over there feel so, so safe. So I'm going to probably jam them both in on FanDuel for sure. And I might even do it on DraftKings. But those are the names that I like a lot, and, and those are a lot of the ones that I wrote up in the DFS pass. Throw out
1: DJ Moore on FanDuel as well, 7.7. And I think he's a good bet for a touchdown uh, in the way that they give it up. The Giants give it up inside the red zone. So uh like DJ Moore. And then tight in. The punt options, like the absolute punt options, aren't great this week. Cole Komet's kind of getting some love and some praise at 3K in a negative game script, and I don't mind that. He's seeing 20% of the targets from Justin Fields. So if you want to go all the way down to 3K, it's totally fine. Zach Ertz is in the prime matchup. I'm so scared of rostering Zach Ertz because of the way they spread the ball around. It has a giant green number next to him that says 32nd, and that is tantalizing. So any thoughts on Ertz this week?
0: Yeah, honestly, I haven't even given him much thought. And like you said, it's because he's competing for targets with DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green and Christian Kirk and Rondell Moore and Chase Edmonds and Kyler Murray could run it in. So I'm probably not going to play him in cash 3.9. Like I would just much rather go down to Ricky Seals Jones for a couple hundred dollars cheaper or try to get up to Mike Kosicki, who I love this week, either in tournament stacks or in cash games. You're getting a wide receiver playing tight end. For Mike Kosicki at 4.7k on DraftKings, he's just been so awesome, and you know he was kind of getting this narrative of like, oh, maybe Jacoby Brissett is better for Mike Gesicki. Tua came out and targeted him left and right last week, and obviously, like if Preston Williams is out again or Devontae Parker is out again, Kosicki should smash. So I prefer to get up to him if possible. Um, I guess Ertz is fine. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I don't love it to be honest. <laughs>
1: can Can I ask, are you at that stage of, of grief? You know, there's five different stages. And are you at the point now as an Eagles fan where you're just in utter denial? Because that's where I was with Julio. And I get it, man. I get it. That's where you're at. So if you don't like him as a play, you're you're actually putting you're taking this out on the listeners. I,
0: I it's sad, man. It's sad. <laughs> I watched I watched him catch the touchdown against the Patriots in the Super Bowl like 12 times that day when he got traded. Um, but the really the concern is like, you know, he wasn't even doing much when he was like established with Jalen Hurts first game i know it's the texans i don't know i'm not i'm not playing him i'm just gonna put it out there i'm not playing him because i don't want to have my heart ripped in half again all right so we
1: we see where bets is we'll check in next week to see if he's moved past you know denial maybe <laughs> you're at, for remember for a while with Cooley, i was just bargaining i was like no 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 no. this is good this is a good thing for him for our franchise and uh it, it didn't go so hot but at tight end you can always play kelsey andrews is a wide receiver. That's how I just want to explain that to him. I looked up the stat over the last month. He's the wide receiver four. If you want to think about Andrews that way, and so his price hasn't really been elevated yet. FanDuel, we've mentioned this every single week. Darren Waller is set to explode, and I know that we'll talk about him. Talk about that game in a second, but six point eight. They don't. They're not budging his price, and he hasn't hit double digits and since week one. So I get it, but you know that he has just as high of upside of anyone on the slate. But give me those DSTs you like.
0: It's rough this week, man. I guess the the best play is probably the Cardinals. Not probably. It's definitely the Cardinals against uh, General Mills, Davis Mills, and the Texans. They're too cheap on DraftKings at 3.1K. If you want to save a little bit more salary, we like the Giants taking on Sam Darnold, who's just been turning the ball over left and right recently. And then I guess the Jets are fine at 2.4K, taking on Mac Jones at New England. So I don't love a lot of defenses, honestly, this week, but I think those are the optimal plays in cash on DraftKings. Over on Fandle, The Giants are pretty cheap, 3.6K. But then as well, because their pricing is just softer, you can get up to Tampa if you want to against Justin Fields and the Bears' terrible offensive line. They are 4.4K over there. Stack Attack
1: So we're going to preview a couple of different games that we think you can stack in GPPs, some different ways to do it, and your constructions. And kind of give our takes of how the game flow might go. And so when you're constructing your GPP lineups, just tell yourself a story and assume that this is how it goes. You have to run with it and make sure that there's correlation that, uh, that comes with it. So that's kind of our approach in this segment. So uh our picks once again are in the DFS pass for GPPs, but the game of the week easily is Kansas city at Tennessee. It has been quote unquote bet up all the way up to 58. Is that correct? That is correct. That is quite a total. Uh, I did look this up in terms of Ryan Tannehill, and and you've been all about this. You've been banging the drum for this for years, but Ryan Tannehill games hit the over 71% of the time as the Titans' starting quarterback. So we like this. We like this a lot. Uh, how are you attacking this game?
0: The answer is yes. I'm going to have multiple lineups surrounding this game. It's far and away, not even close, the best game environment on the slate. With the total, with the money coming in towards the over, with the total being less than a touchdown spread. So I was shocked, Kyle, looking at roster percentages as of Thursday of what we're projecting for the Titans players. And not even just like their peripheral guys, like their stud players. Derek Henry coming in around 10% early in the week. AJ Brown, 10% early in the week. If those hold, I'm just going to play those two guys because the matchup against the Chiefs defense is awesome. Julio Jones is not going to play. So there should be more target volume for AJ Brown, who each week that goes by, he'll be a little bit more healthy coming off that hamstring strain from a week ago. And Kansas City, either way you want to talk about it, they're just terrible on defense. 31st in DVOA with rushing, 31st in DVOA with passing. So Tennessee should have success in this game. Now, I guess my only minor concern with Derrick Henry is, you know, Taylor Lewan looks like he's probably not going to play their stud left tackle. So it's one thing to consider. But at the same time, this game environment just looks so good that i I wouldn't even hate people like trying to go all in and, and do a Mahomes single stack and like go two Titans on the other side, or if you wanted to go, you know, Ryan Tannehill and, and those two studs, bring it back with someone on the Chiefs side. There's a lot of ways to play this, and I think honestly, they're all good ways to do it. So it's one of those games that's really fun for DFS.
1: My favorite play is Tyreek. If I knew Tyreek was a hundred percent, I would just play Tyreek almost in every single lineup this week. Uh We're going to profile more, but his matchup this week, I know you're all about this too, against rookie Elijah Molden is absurd considering how great Hill is. He's allowing the most fantasy points per route covered out of anyone. So he's set to just go bananas. And so Mahomes Tyreek or Mahomes Kelsey is the obvious way. I'm actually a little bit interested in Hardman. If there's ever a week to go with Hardman, this is it. His target share keeps going up and the Titans are allowing opposing wide receiver groups to see 70% of the targets That's the highest in the league. So I like this week to be the one on Hardman. I'll actually say it. I'm scared to say it. I might be a little underweight on Kelsey this week just to get a little different. I'm still going to play him. Don't get me wrong. But if I had to take a stance, it would probably be a little underweight on him, especially if Henry's going to be this low. I'm going to actually set up my lineups to say, I want Henry and I want some pieces. I i don't even mind double stacking Tyreek and McCole Hardman.
0: Yeah, I I love it. I mean, this Tennessee secondary, dude, led by Janoris Jenkins, 32-year-old Janoris Jenkins. Is he going to be able to keep up with Tyreek Hill and Michael Hardman? The answer is a no. And you talked about the slot corner for the Titans. This is a third-round rookie trying to cover Tyreek Hill, who lines up in the slot 50% of the time. Good luck, my friend. Um, yes, please. I want all these guys. And like I said, there's just different variations to do it. So whether you want to go a double stack, single stack, you want to play multiple pass catchers on, you know, both sides of the ball, you can you can just get different in this game. But the nice thing is that we know where the ball is going with these teams, and you don't have to really get off the board. And the roster percentages aren't that awful in terms of popularity. So I'm shocked to see that. But if that's going to hold through Sunday, then I'm gonna be all about this game for sure.
1: If you're going to stack it from the Titans side with Tannehill, he's just coming in way lower than I thought he would. Um 6400 on DK. We know he has multi touchdown upside. He had six games last year with three or more touchdowns. You know he can do something on the ground. If you play Tannehill, how are you attacking this game? Are you actually stacking him with Henry or is it just going to be obvious that people are going to play Tannehill, AJ Brown and then bring it back with like Tyreek or Kelsey?
0: Yeah, I think if I am going to play Tannehill, I know in the past he's had positive correlation with Derrick Henry. I don't think we've really seen that very much this year, and it's because Derrick Henry's just ripping off these huge 50-60 yard touchdown runs. Um, Shout out to our Big Dog team. And as a result, it's hurting Ryan Tannehill for fantasy production. So if I'm playing Tannehill, I'm telling myself Derrick Henry fails, the Chiefs get out and smash, and they need Ryan Tannehill to throw the ball a ton. So I would probably prefer to just go single stack with A.J. Brown. I mean, I guess you can play one of the other guys if you Want to get weird and play Chester Rogers, be my guest. I'm not doing it. Um, But I think that's how I'm going to attack Ryan Tannehill this week.
1: Yeah, I can't really have confidence in the FERC daddy. Mike was calling him the FERC baby because I think he scored less than five points every single week in redraft. So he's done nothing to tell us that he's awesome, which means this might be the week to play him. So we'll see. Uh, What's your call on the Vegas pick?
0: I actually like the Titans to stick around in this one. I'll go Titans plus five and a half.
1: I will go Titans as well because the Chiefs, as good as they are over the last couple of years, they've actually had trouble covering the spread. So I like that as well. Tennessee plus five and a half. I still think the Chiefs will win, but uh, I think it'll be close. All right. This is the sneaky game we've been talking about for a couple of days. It's the one that I think you're the most hyped on. It is your Philadelphia Eagles at the Las Vegas Raiders. The Raiders are three-point home favorites And this game has almost a 50-point total. It's at 49.5 right now. Uh, What are you so hot and bothered about?
0: Dude, hit the drop. Hit it. Send in the car. Send in the car. (laughs) I love Derek Carr this week. Absolutely love this man this week against my Eagles. (laughs) Playing at home, they're favored. They have a nice team-applied total at 26.3 points. What I'm most excited about is, in the first game without John Gruden last week, their neutral situation pass rate jumped to 70%. That's among the highest in football. They also skyrocketed in their play action rate from 10% to 28%. That is per ETR's Pat Thorman. If they're going to run a ton of play action and let this guy just chuck it deep, I mean, he could have a GPP winning performance with any one of his guys that are going to be off the radar for a lot of people. No one's playing Henry Ruggs this week. Darren Waller's going to get overlooked on DraftKings thanks to Travis Kelsey being there, Mike Kosicki, all these guys. And Derek Carr very quietly is the only quarterback in the NFL to have four 300-plus-yard games. And on DraftKings, with that bonus, I want all of that. So I am extremely hot and bothered for Derek Carr this week. I love it. I'm going to be playing lots of Raiders stacks against my Eagles. And that's kind of a way that I sleep at night, right? You know, if the Eagles suck, but Derek Carr goes off and smashes and wins me some money, then I'm a happy camper.
1: (laughs) No, that's it's about setting your life up in fantasy football world to never be disappointed. Just to say, hey... I placed a wager on this. This is my home team. They're in my home league. I played them in best ball. Just so no matter what, you just said, hey, I did great this week. (laughs) Never losing. Uh, I love the Eagles side too. Like If you think about it, they have the second highest pass rate in the league, 70%. They basically said, hey, we don't want to run the ball anymore with Miles Sanders. And that's fine for fantasy. It's giving Jalen Hurts a crazy amount of volume. And the Raiders' defense They're seeing the six most plays per game. So the environment itself in this game is basically saying it's going to be back and forth. That's what we want. So if you're doing Derek Carr, are you saying to yourself, I'm not playing Josh Jacobs? Those two don't correlate super well together. Josh Jacobs games are usually where he goes for two touchdowns. They win the game and the game, you know, as a whole fails. Uh, So are you playing Carr with either Ruggs or Waller?
0: That's my preferred play. Yeah, I'll throw Hunter Renfro in the mix, too. He's not a sexy GPP play by any means, but this Eagles defense, they're pretty strong on the perimeter with Darius Slay. They're pretty weak across the middle with their linebackers and safeties, so that's where I think Darren Waller could do a lot of damage this week as well as Hunter Renfro, but really, Henry Ruggs, like you just need one play to hit for this guy, and we talked about it. Derek Carr is chucking the ball deep. He's on pace for his career high in yards per attempt. Um, You know, this 18.2 average depth of target for Henry Ruggs is obscene. It is first in the league by a wide margin of wide receivers, so have a minimum of 20 targets. So in GPPs, I love taking a shot on Henry Ruggs, but I think the optimal play for me this week is a stack with Darren Waller. It's just been so long since we've seen a true Darren Waller game. And we know this Eagles defense has been really susceptible to tight ends so far this year, giving up the seventh most points to the position.
1: I don't mind if you went the other way on this game and said hurts Goddard or hurts Devonta Smith or throw in Quez Watkins, who is second on the team in receiving yards. He's actually only 34 receiving yards behind Devonta Smith, which is wild. Leads the team in yards per route run. So Quez Watkins, one of my favorite dart throws this week. But uh, over the last month, the Raiders have given up the most fantasy points to opposing tight ends. So I think Goddard is a another great play with, you know, Zach Ertz out of the picture, this just game has a lot of different pieces. Let's say Jacobs did come through. Would you just X out this game completely?
0: Um, I don't think so. I think you could even go with a Jalen Hurts skinny stack. So just play him with either Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard. Or if you wanted to throw Quez Watkins in there, that's fine. But one player, because we know he's going to run the football, and then bring it back with Josh Jacobs. And what you're saying is, you know, all of the production comes on the ground. And it's not out of the question that that actually does happen this week. Josh Jacobs, very quietly, has been really solid over the last few weeks. This Eagles defense is getting run on a ton. They're giving up the fifth most 10-plus yard runs in the league. And we know when the Raiders win, Josh Jacobs comes out and smashes. He's averaging, in Raider wins in his career, 21 carries, 88 yards, 1.3 touchdowns per game when the Raiders win. And they're three-point home favorites. So I think Josh Jacobs is a great GPP player this week.
1: Yeah, on Fanduel, I think he's an even better play at six point nine. So uh, make sure you prioritize him there. But yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of pieces to like here. We mentioned Darren Waller as a, as a great piece, but yeah, there there's ways to to get this game. I do think Carr and GPPs people will be on him. Like he won't be under five percent by any means. But the other options are so cheap, like you mentioned Rugs and Waller's cheap enough that you can. You know, say I'm going to have Devontae Adams in another game, or I'm going to pay up for Derrick Henry in another game, uh, then I think you're totally fine salary-wise. So give me your Vegas pick.
0: Yeah, I like the over on this one, and I'm going to take the Raiders to cover the spread here, minus three.
1: I'm going to take the Raiders as well. I have unders on both of these teams for the season, and I've already said that the Raiders one looks over, but uh, I think I think they're a better overall team, then uh, you're sorry, Eagles. But next game is between the football team, the Washington football team at the Green Bay Packers. The Packers are 5-1. and one. They won five straight, looking really good. The DraftKings Sportsbook line is 48.5. Packers are 7.5-point home favorites. And since they got blown out, I think we forget that. Week one, these Packers got blown out 38-3 against the Saints. Since then, they won five in a row, and they've covered the spread in each game. So the Packers are rolling Washington's going the opposite direction. Taylor Heineke looks really. I mean, the last two weeks have been really, really bad. So the playing styles is what I'm most interested in this game because the Packers are really slow. Like they're just a slow team, but they're so efficient that their metrics kind of are are wash. And Washington is plays super fast. They're sixth highest in neutral pace, but Heineke's been super inefficient. So how would you approach this game, knowing that like if the Packers get control of the ball? then this game hit probably hits the under.
0: Yeah, I think there's actually a couple different ways that you can play this game. So, you know, Devontae Adams is arguably the best play on the entire slate. He looks extremely strong in this matchup against Washington's secondary. And if you wanted to stack him with Aaron Rodgers, you're saying that the, the production goes through those two guys. They're getting close. They run a couple of those plays that they have designed for Devontae. He gets two touchdowns. And then from there... They're forced to throw a lot on Washington's side. And so my preferred bring back would be not Antonio Gibson for injury concerns if he's active, but then also, you know, if he's in a negative game script, we just have seen it. And I know the fantasy community really wanted his pass catching to be a thing, but it looks like JD McKissick is just good at what he does. And so you could bring it back to McKissick. Obviously, Terry McLaurin is in play. I don't think anyone's going to play McLaurin after he was mega chalk last week, picked up the hamstring issue and then really failed. But, you know, there's no Jair Alexander in the secondary for the Packers. And if they're down, they're going to have to throw. So I think he's a fine bring back. I think you could play McKissick. But I really, really, really want exposure for sure to Devonta Adams and Aaron Rodgers this week.
1: Yes, that's that's the clear best play in this game. And if you just wanted to go Rodgers, Adams and one other person on Washington, it's totally fine. If you just wanted to go Rodgers and Adams and you say to yourself, hey, I don't trust Washington after what they did the last couple of weeks. It's totally fine. Terry McLaurin's been back at practice. So if you wanted to go there, I I think it is a sneaky play in GPPs. So make sure you have some exposure, but Aaron Jones at 7,500 is going to come in super low. I'm talking like 3%, 4% in tournaments because it's really hard to get there. And he's pretty much the second most expensive running back, right? You have Henry CMC obviously isn't going to play. And then it's Jones. So if you just wanted to say, I think it's an Aaron Jones game, those are the best games to say, I'm going to fade a popular Devontae Adams and say he gets two touchdowns. So that's just something I need to throw out there in terms of the game theory. Uh, I love when I have a running back with an awesome ceiling at sub 5%. So anything else in this game?
0: No, I like that call a lot. And I'll just throw out too, you know, if you're looking for like salary-saving options this week, there's not a lot of great ones. So Adam Humphreys? I've had a couple... <laughs> do not play at Humphreys (laughs) I've had a couple people ask me about uh Bobby T Tanyan he's just been awful honestly for fantasy but it's not crazy in a large field tournament to just correlate your tight end like if you think Aaron Rodgers throws for three touchdowns you hope that it goes to Tanyan and he's cheap 3500 on DraftKings so I wrote him up in the DFS pass as a stacking partner if you need to save some salary and if you like the Packers in this game which we both do
1: yeah, do not play Tonian as a one off. You play him only with Rogers in terms of the correlation, but I like that call. And I will take the Packers minus seven and a half. They're at home. I just cannot see Washington hanging with them.
0: Yep. I am with you. Same thing for me.
1: All right, let's preview one more game before we get into our Battle Royale. It is the Cincinnati Bengals, four and two at the Baltimore Ravens. Ravens have a six and a half point, are there six and a half point favorites according to DraftKings Sportsbook line. Over-unders, 47. And the winner of this game, crazily enough, takes control of the AFC North. So the Bengals, we could be talking about them as the first place Cincinnati Bengals. But I looked this up. They haven't won in Baltimore since 2017. And Lamar Jackson has never lost to the Bengals as a starter. Do you think that changes?
0: Well, you just jinxed him. So thanks a lot, Kyle. (laughs) Uh, No, I I do not think they lose this game. I can't see it. I actually think... Yeah, you know, We'll go kind of go uh, reverse order here. I actually think that the Bengals can cover the spread and keep it close. So I guess in that aspect, it does kind of change the way that I view this game in terms of a couple of guys on Cincy being in play. If the game is going to stay close, no one is going to be playing Joe Mixon this week. At least that's what the roster percentages tell us. He's an intriguing GPP play. Um, we talked about T Higgins being super cheap. You can go there if you want the passing attack. And I know that on Tuesday's show, I was kind of really into this game, but the more the week has gone on, I've kind of really come to terms with the, like, it could be a slower pace game and, you know, the total is dropping. It was at, I think, 48 to open 47 and a half. Now it's down to 47. So it's a trend that I don't love. But at the same time, there's a couple of one-off plays here that I think are good. And if you wanted to kind of go with a mini correlation, I think that that's fine. But I'm not as excited about this game as I was a few days ago.
1: The wide receivers on Cincinnati side are certainly intriguing. Uh, Jamar Chase is breaking every single metric that I've been running the last couple of days in terms of fantasy points over expectation. He has the fourth most receiving yards in the league, 20 over 20 yards per catch. Like it's just he's breaking all of those things. So you can't just X him out, but I actually like Hollywood Brown as a cheaper option that basically can do the same exact thing in terms of deep targets. His catch rate is also skyrocketed this year. Like he's just a more efficient player than he's been in the past. So I like Hollywood Brown a lot and GPPs. That's how I'm approaching this game as I think Lamar, you can play in any format. I think you can play Andrews in any other format. But if I'm really going after this game, I'm just skinny stacking Lamar with either Hollywood or uh Andrews and then Bateman you can kind of throw in there if you want and then picking a Bengals wide receiver.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. Would you play... So I guess my concern is we know Bateman's going to be popular. Would you still play him in a GPP?
1: I probably won't uh, just because of his roster percentage skying up there. Like he's if Watkins is out, which right now it seems like that, then I think he's going to pay off for cash. But yeah, I, I don't really think that you're looking at a game where Rashad Bateman goes five for a hundred. Like you're he's not going to give you a GPP winning score. I say that now he'll probably destroy me for it. But uh <laughs> There's just other wide receivers that have a better ceiling that are going to be way less popular that I I want to look at.
0: Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. And I echo what you said about uh, Marquise Brown. No one's playing him. His price came down. Entering last week, he was like the wide receiver 5 in PPR scoring and priced at the wide receiver 15 on DraftKings. On a slate without, you know, Stefan Diggs, Amari Cooper, CeeDee Lamb, all these guys, he's priced down at wide receiver 16. It's still a lot of disrespect on what he's done this year in terms of his pricing. So I like him in GBP's quite a bit this week.
1: I'm really interested in Higgins and Boyd. I think those are the my favorite pieces in terms of price. I just it could easily be a week where Boyd goes 2 for 30 and Higgins like gets four catches for 45 yards. You're basically asking are those two ancillary, you know, Bengals wide receivers are they going to catch a touchdown? And if they do, they're going to pay off. They're going to be fine. But you're asking a lot because Obviously, Chase is the better bet for the touchdown. And any thoughts about Mixon? I've just... Last week, he was our boy. This week, I'm kind of off.
0: I think he's fine. I think he's fine in GPPs. The The spot and the matchup isn't the same as what it was two weeks ago, or last week, rather, where it was the Lions who were just getting destroyed. So it's not as much of an obvious play. But still, I mean, they're giving him the ball a ton. He's getting a, a nice workload. So he's a large field GPP only play at what we project a single digit roster percentage.
1: All right. Give me your Vegas pick.
0: Yes, I will take the Bengals covering six and a half points.
1: This is a really good line, by the way, like I, I've struggled with six and a half points thinking, okay, Ravens are clearly, I would say the better team they're at home, but six and a half points is a lot in a close divisional matchup. So I will go with the Bengals as well. We haven't had a ton of disagreement in our Vegas picks, but uh, I think they can hang with them. I think they actually have enough juice to be able to hang with the Ravens. But let's uh, let's battle it out.
0: DFS Battle Royale.
1: So I'll just quickly blow by and mention that Betts went 5-0 this past week, and uh, we can move hey, on, right?
0: Hey, remember three weeks ago when it was really in the season, and you said, Betts might have a chance to come back this year uh what happened dude
1: is that how my voice sounds
0: (laughs) that's exactly how it sounds
1: (laughs) sound like a PE teacher or something much respect (laughs) to PE teachers but it sounds like chipper and like kind of almost cheesy
0: yeah that's how you sound
1: (laughs) all right I'm a dad I can take that I'm totally fine with it uh so this is Betts and I's battle royale He's up 15 to 10 for the season. We give you a couple different categories that we think can help you in GPPs and give you some contrarian options. So give me a stacking quarterback that you are enthused to maybe use under 6K.
0: Yes, we are going to talk about the quarterbacks in the same game, which we didn't really talk about this game from a stacking perspective. I also think this is in play as a stack. And I will take Tua here. He is cheap at 5.5K, taking on your Falcons, who let's be honest, aren't good on the defensive side of the ball. And Tua last week coming back played really well. Now, it was against the Jaguars, but still, you know, 33 for uh, 47 pass attempts, over 300 yards, two touchdowns. At his price tag, if he can replicate that type of performance, I love stacking him with Mike Kosicki this week. That's going to pay off in a nice way.
1: I will go on the other side of the ball and go with Matt Ryan, who is an actual good quarterback. I know I sound like a homer, but... uh, Ryan's averaging 41 pass attempts per game. Ridley's back. And the Falcons, their touchdowns have been coming through the air. 83% of their touchdowns have come via the pass. And the Miami pass defense is not what it was this past year. Like, even if Byron Jones or Xavier Howard are in this game, they've given up the second most passing yards on the league and tied for the most 20-plus yard completions. So give me Matt Ryan and uh, a Falcons win. All right, cash game running back that's not named, Derrick Henry. And I'm going to say this week, not Daryl Henderson, because he's kind of like a slam dunk.
0: Yeah, he was the one that I immediately rushed into the dock to put down, but you were too smart. So we took him off the uh, opportunities here. I'm going to go with Chuba Hubbard, 6.1K, taking on the Giants. We just saw Daryl Henderson, speaking of, smash against this defense last week. And as I said earlier, 30 and 19 opportunities per game over the last two weeks. He's so safe for the, the volume and workload he's going to see.
1: Yeah, he's he's a perfect play this week in terms of opportunity now I can't tell you that he's going to be a GPP winning play but in terms of safe medium projections he's he's there I'm going to go back to DeAndre Swift is he a wide receiver is he a running back I don't really care because you know that he's going to get the safe volumes getting over 70 percent of the snaps I love DeAndre Swift and we'll talk about it in a second because it's an interesting question about Swift Drell Henderson what do you do because we both like him this week but they're in the same game All right, give me a cheap wide receiver under 5K.
0: Yeah, we just talked about this game a little bit. I'm going to take T. Higgins, 4.9K. Very quietly is actually leading all Bengals receivers in targets in the games that all three of these guys have played Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, and T. Higgins. Higgins is leading the way in targets, and we haven't really seen it in the box score yet. His price is good, 4.9K. I'm going to take a shot here on T. Higgins.
1: Yours is the clear best medium projection. I'm going to shoot for the moon here and say, if there's ever a week to say you're in on Nicole Hardman, this is it 4.3. I'm even going to say this. This sounds bold. If you really wanted to play him in cash, let's say Tyreek's out. You can definitely play him in cash if Tyreek's out, but I don't even mind it just going for it and just saying, I'm betting on the game total. I'm going to punt somewhere. I want some upside in my cash lineup. And at 4.3, like you're not asking him to do a ton, but you know, there's upside there. So Nicole Hardman, I've kind of, poo-pooed on him for a lot of this year because I think he has one top 12 performance in his career like one so he hasn't really given the boom games that we thought you'd get but I think I think this is the week buddy Uh, all right give me a mid-tier tight end kind of in that 4 to 5k range
0: yes I'm gonna take the stacking guy that I talked about with Tua uh, his wide receiver one Mike Kosicki who is literally lining up in the slot or out wide almost every snap that he plays and is routinely getting a ton of targets. So lots of volume against the Falcons in a game environment that I like. I'll take Mike Kosicki.
1: Yeah, I saw a stat uh, from uh, PFF's Ian Hartitz where he said that Chris Godwin has more run-blocking snaps than uh, Mike Kosicki in terms That's of awesome. like, where he's on the, <laughs> on the field. Yeah, he's, he's just a wide receiver out there running around. Tyler Higbee, 4.5. This is kind of a little bit deeper in the sense of All right, I think Yasicki's a safer play, but Higby at 4.5. I think you can stack him if you want Matthew Stafford. If you wanted to go Stafford, Cup, Higby in a tournament, I think that's totally fine, uh, especially at that price. But all right, give me the sneaky DST that's not named Arizona Cardinals because they're not sneaky at all.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of great options this week, I think, under 3K. So I went with Baltimore. And entering last week, we were so high on the Chargers. We were like, oh, man, this Ravens defense, like they've looked awful. Have they figured it out? I don't know. They shut down Justin Herbert and one of the best offenses in football last week. And the Bengals, I know they've been better in terms of their offensive line is still a weakness. So I'll take a shot on uh, the Ravens here in a divisional matchup.
1: I love that call. I love that game. If it hits the under, what's it? 47 is the total. Then yep. what I'm probably gonna do is say I'm playing the Baltimore defense and just saying I'm moving on to the next game, because uh, kind of like last week, like if you would have played Baltimore's defense and just moved on, you would have gotten that game right because Lamar didn't get there, Hollywood didn't get there, Andrews was fine, but other than that, like who was it? All the all the running backs scored Latavius, Devonta, all and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, so that. I love thinking about the game theory part of that, where you just said, okay, I think the Ravens defense is going to win this. I'm xing out everyone else. So uh, make sure you think about the defenses as well in terms of stacking and how you're, how you're approaching things. But I'm going to go with the giants because they're at home and they face Sam Darnold, who in the last couple of weeks has shown his true colors as somebody who is not great at football. He's prone to turnovers. (laughs) Who I asked this question today to the footballers. Maybe you can give me a straight answer. Who do you trust more in that game? To commit a turnover. Sam Darnold or Daniel Jones?
0: Oh, geez. I mean, if you look at the recent trends, it's it's Daniel Jones that I trust to not turn the ball over. Sam Darnold is he's back to like New York Jets, Sam Darnold, seeing ghosts. It's almost Halloween. He has been awful recently. Oh, that would oh, be a fun over
1: say. under to set is to say who would set, who would get more turnovers in a game? Who's the better bet? I'm gonna say Darnold this week, and I think the Giants at 2.5 are. I think you can play them in cash, but I actually do think they have some upside in a tournament as well. But let's get into a couple of mailbag questions.
0: Mailbag.
1: You can send in your questions to myself or Bets on Twitter. I'm at Kyle underscore Borg. Bets is at the Fantasy PT. I will say, please do not send in is this lineup good question because there are so many different lineup variations. There's so many things to tweak. If you do want some of those, we do have our community uh discourse channel, which is part of join the foot. Those people are hopping. They're wanting to talk DFS all the time. So you can get a part of that action, part of that conversation. And I mean, I see people say, what do you guys think about this lineup? And they will actually tweak it and say, Hey, you have too many of this team or, Hey, have you thought about maybe correlating this spot? So there's some really good feedback. And it looks like this first question here is from the discourse channel, um, from your boy, R kick. Um, he asked this, you mentioned something about large pool cash and smaller pool GPP last week in the pod. Is there an advantage to playing in a large pool cash game?
0: 100% there absolutely is. And what we're referencing, especially on DraftKings, is, is these huge, you know, 50 50s and double ups where you're playing against three, four, or 5,000 people. And it sounds really intimidating because you'd think, I want less opponents. But in reality, in cash, We want to be playing against people that are making mistakes. And in cash games, people make a lot of mistakes. And so when you have a huge field of people where you only have to finish in the top 50% to get the payout, you're getting the same amount of money as someone who finishes first. So if we set a solid projection lineup out there, it's going to do really well in these large field tournaments, or not tournaments, rather, cash games. So yes, that's where I immediately every week I log in, I reserve those seats right away. I'm playing in those every single week. That is the biggest edge for me right now in DFS.
1: Yep. That is the first thing I do when I log in is I create a lineup in the double ups for, you know, I think the $5 one is I use, that's the one I use as like a good, uh, kind of gauge of like, okay, here's what the field is doing. It's the cheapest one. It's the largest one. I think it has 23,000 people in it. So, uh, yeah, find the, the massive double up ones as a starting place. And then I enter that same lineup in you know, the ones that go higher in terms of the dollar amount. But, uh, you need to be able to do that so that if you're just doing head to heads, you're going to have weeks that aren't so great and you're going to have other weeks where you did great, but you're like, okay, well, I didn't play enough double ups. Like cash is fine, but double ups I think give you a better um, overall understanding of the field and what the field's doing. All right. This next one is from Andy Rutherford on Twitter. He said with the bipocalypse upon us, And so many of the typical DFS options not on the main slate, how does the mindset change when looking at roster percentage? Since all the players with a decent chance to produce will likely be more popular. And I need to say this. We actually have the same number of games this week, right? Because last week we had a London game. So the slate's actually the same size as last week. But yes, there is a little bit different pool.
0: Yeah, for sure. And you already talked about it a little bit. Like, the wide receivers on the slate are elite. The running back options are... Aren't that awesome. So what we're seeing is kind of a shift where a lot of times we just see the running back roster percentages condense around the top tier guys, you know, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, and then spread out at wide receiver. We're actually seeing the opposite this week. So it's a really interesting slate that I think, knowing that there's not a lot of great running back plays, I think this is kind of a week to to play a lot of those really good wide receivers and get different at running back. You know, correlate around game script, look for pass catching running backs on DraftKings with full PPR. So that's kind of how I'm addressing this question because there are a lot of guys that aren't on the slate that we normally would just jam in at running back, you know, Zeke and names like that. So it's a really intriguing slate. I
1: think in cash, you're going to see some wide receivers in the flex spot that maybe normally someone says, hey, I want those guaranteed touches at running back. And then for GPPs, you get to ask yourself of those three elite wide receivers, you know, Adams, Cup and Hill are by far, I think the best plays on the slate they're in the best matchups, you know, it's just everything about them screams, play them. Okay, maybe I'll play two of them, or maybe I'll play one of them and then figure out a leverage point. So a leverage point from Devonte Adams, we mentioned, would be Aaron Jones. A leverage point for Cooper Cup would be Robert Woods. You play him instead. So in GPPs, find the players that are super popular, play them because they're good plays. There's a reason they're popular, but then also identify some leverage points in those games that you can still use. So People do this all the time. They'll send in lineups that say, look how different this looks. My combined roster percentage is 60%. So they have like no plays that are super popular. But on a slate like this, you get two or three wide receivers. You get two running backs. Your roster percentage is already going to be close to hundred percent and you haven't even filled in tight end yet. So this week play two or three of those guys and then get different elsewhere. Um, any, any other thoughts on that one?
0: Nope, I like that call out. I'm going to be doing pretty much that exact strategy.
1: All right, uh, this one's from Reggie Owens. He says, "I love to play DFS, but honestly, I have no clue on what's a GPP or a cash game, and the difference in your lineups. Can you please help me?" I liked his blunt honesty, and I think it's a good way just to get on board with the same terminology cuz you can probably hear those terms thrown out so much. So on the website, we have a section called DFS 101 that I think is a really helpful explainer if you wanted to go there. But why don't you quickly give a kind of an overview?
0: Yeah, for sure. So cash games we talk about a lot is the formats that are essentially head-to-heads playing against one person, these 50-50s or these double-ups. That's what we refer to as the umbrella of cash games. From there, GPP, which stands for Guaranteed Prize Pool, is essentially a tournament. So this is what you're seeing when you're logging in on DraftKings or FanDuel and you're seeing, you know, 3000 entrance and there's only you know the top 10% get paid out or or something like that it's more of a top heavy structure and you really need to be chasing ceiling in those types of formats so it may not always be optimal to play the quote-unquote best plays whereas in cash games we're trying to set a lineup that is a high floor low uh, volatility safe lineup that is going to do well we're not trying to hit the nuts basically so addressing your lineup decision points and construction is really going to change based off of those two fundamental understandings for DFS but I like Kyle said I would really encourage you to check out the DFS 101 section on the site because there's articles that highlight a lot of this stuff in more detail
1: GPP is guaranteed prize pool and DraftKings or FanDuel basically says there's going to be this many players here's the payout structure and certain contests whether you know this or not Pay out really well, or some are just like actually stealing, like they're actually not good moves uh, for you to enter in. And so part of that is looking at the actual contest, look at the payout structure um, and how it's going to work in terms of tournaments. But yeah, you can check out all that stuff on the website. Let's get one more in there and then we'll be done. Thoughts on playing running backs from the same game. I typically avoid this, but this week I really like Henderson and Swift. So Before we get into Henderson and Swift, why do we typically not like playing two running backs in the same lineup?
0: Yeah, this really comes down to when running backs come out and smash, when we think about traditional running backs, it's because they're running the football. Like, we don't want, you know, I'm trying to think of guys that run the ball a ton, like Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs in the same game, because when those two guys are having their best games, they're doing it on the ground most of the time. I think in this specific example, it's totally fine because DeAndre Swift is the wide receiver one for the Lions. He has a 19% target share this year. He gets there on reception volume. So what you're saying in this scenario is the Rams come out as Vegas projects as 14 and a half point favorites. They run the ball. DeHendo scores a touchdown. And then, you know, Jared Goff is forced into a bunch of dropbacks. He's dumping it off to DeAndre Swift. That's how those two correlate. So that makes a lot of sense. Just me willing to think about how do these running backs score and does it make sense to play them together? Because you really want to correlate if you're going to do it.
1: Yeah, I don't mind it this week at all. Uh they're both probably going to be over 20% on DraftKings. 6.6 for Henderson, 6000 for Swift, so keep that in mind in terms of your roster construction. In in tournaments, I will not be playing both of them in the same lineup. Uh, in cash, I think it's completely fine given well, kind of the guaranteed volume, but in a, in a tournament, I would say Hawkinson would be the the guy I would run it back with on the Lions. Or find one of those cheap receivers to get a little different. Maybe you get a lucky touchdown. But uh, you need to get different there. But both these guys are fine. Yeah, think about a player like Damian Harris. You know, he's kind of a plotter. You know, maybe 15 plus carries. Just He's only getting work on the ground. If they're not getting any work through the air, then you're not really seeing a ceiling game. So Alvin Kamara is an exception where you go, okay, he's kind of both. And you can play Alvin Kamara and someone else if the other team gets control of the ball. So it's all about narrative and the game script and where you see this go. And this one feels pretty easy to be able to say that the Rams are going to get hold of it. Uh The only thing that I could see Henderson not paying off is if this is a game where it's cup woods, Higby, they get all the touchdowns for a tournament, but yeah, safe. I mean, just super safe. And that salary on this slate feels, uh, feels way too cheap. So a lot of six K running backs though, between Chuba Daryl Henderson, uh, DeAndre Swift, even Leonard Fournette, I think is going to be a great play this week at 6.4. Josh Jacobs, like all of those 6K guys, are going to be legit. If you want to go to Ballers DFS, you can play with us on DraftKings each week in our fantasy football league, Fantasy Footballers DFS, Borg plus bets. Here's what I want you to do right now. You're listening to this podcast, you love our soothing words. Stop what you're doing, go into DraftKings and see if there are any tournaments. That are live right now. I can tell you right now, there are a couple that are need to be filled and they will be filled, but maybe it needs to be by you. Maybe you need to be the person to win that tournament. It looks like that's what Betts is doing right now. He's hopping in and just uh, did. There you go. So it's as simple as that. If you want to go to ballersdfs.com, that'll direct you to the DraftKings League and you can enter those contests. It's a great way for first timers, great way to invite your friends. It's completely free, and then you get to enter any contests. So Make sure you guys go there and uh, and join us this week. But I uh, in week seven is going to be it's going to be hopping, and I'm excited.
0: I can't wait for Derek Carr to come out and smash my Eagles. Uh, what a fun week! It's going to be great. Hopefully, you guys are playing with us on DraftKings. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy the football. We will see you on Tuesday next week.